0: First and foremost, I want to wish a uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, we all have mothers, and we have um, a great chance, not just today, just to remember and to honor them. Um, especially if you're just, there's something about mothers in such a way that uh, um, they, they have this incredible capacity to connect with their children in ways that, as a father, I always envied, and I always uh, felt like I was on the outside of for a very, very long time. I had to work hard to get my kids to realize how much I loved them. I had to work really hard. My wife, she, and, and, and my daughters, they just had this experience of just this connection that was, that was right from the beginning. And um, it's an amazing one that that connection sometimes is it's, it's beyond what you can imagine, um, especially when that connection seems to be broken. Well, there's a story of a, a woman named Luz. Um, um, I forgot her last name. All of a sudden, Luz Cuevas. That's all right. And 1997 in the in the suburbs of um, Philadelphia, her house, uh, the place where she lived, there was a rapid moving fire that just moved right through her house. And she had more than one child, but she had this 10 year old daughter in that room. And she actually, before fleeing the premises. And there was other people in the house as well. She fleeing the premises. She checked in that room, and her daughter was not in the crib. And so she thought somebody else must have grabbed her. They got out of the house, but then later on, she could not find her daughter Delamar, this 10-month-old daughter. Can you imagine what a mother must be feeling? The firemen later on said the blaze had consumed that room so badly that they could not even find remains. And the firemen were telling her, this, this woman, your daughter's gone. She's burned up. We can't even find her. Any remains left. The mom, uh, if you, if, can you imagine if this is what, what this mom's thinking through? She's thinking to herself, no, 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 no. I know she was not there. I checked. I know she was not there. And they didn't issue a death certificate. So there's this lingering feeling in her heart that, that everybody's telling her just to let go. And that, that's the route of healing. Well, um, she struggled with this year in, year out. Can you imagine? Six years later, she was invited to a children's birthday party. And as she was there, she saw this girl about six years old, about seven years old, a little under seven. And she noticed something in this girl, her dimple, that made her just kind of light up, that that dimple looked just like hers. And she whispered to her sister who was there, that's my daughter. The sister, can you imagine probably telling her, no, 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 I, I know it's been six years, and I know just how... Your heart still, because a mom won't give up. Mom won't ever let go. I, I, I know how much you must be feeling, but that can't be her. But the mom wouldn't give up. In fact, this mom went and basically said to this little girl, oh, there's gum in your hair. Let me, let me go check it. Let me pull it out. And she grabbed strands of her hair. And she went to the police. And she asked and requested a DNA test be made, saying, there is this girl, and I know she is my daughter. Can you imagine if you had a policeman saying, you know, you lady, you're a little hysterical. It's been six years. There's no way. I know I've read the fireman's report. You know, they said that she had burned up. There's not even any remains left. But she pushed, and she pushed. She went to a senator, uh, a congressman, and got him to, to push it. They got the test done, and that was her daughter. Can you imagine that? That night... A, fa- a family friend, in fact, a, a cousin by marriage to her former husband, who had been in the house, actually, set the fire to steal the baby, named the baby uh, a different name, raised her as her own, and can you imagine, six years later, she was able to find her. Now, the story is a, is a painful one because this daughter, who's only known one mom for six years, you know, she was, she was abducted as a 10-month-old, now has to readjust But can you imagine what this mom must have been feeling? That she never gave up. She knew. And she recognized her daughter, Have not even seen her since she was 10 months old. There's actually a movie that was made about it called Lost Little Girl. But uh, we celebrate this connection that God gives us with our mothers. This incredible love that pours through our moms that will not give up. Even when others give up, our moms do not give up. This is the specific metaphor that God gives to a people, His people, when they are so despondent, when they're so depressed, when they feel like everything that they've gone through doesn't doesn't hasn't hasn't met their hopes or their dreams. In fact, they are actually even saying to God, "God, you are the one who's abandoned me. You forgot about us. You said you would be there, but..." I'm looking around, and this is all I feel. I feel so forsaken. This passage in the book of Isaiah is, uh, is, is, is spoken through the, the lens of the person called uh, the, the, the personification of Zion. Zion is the little hill that is in the city of God where, in fact, that's where the temple is. That's a representation of the, the heart of the people of God, where the temple is. And in this prophetic response, they are echoing out to God as a people, Yahweh, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And interestingly enough, there should be a reason why in this passage they say that. It's it's actually, uh, it it makes total sense. As a people, they had been uh, taken over and they had been carted out of their home uh, like indentured servitude forever they're in another another land they're forced to serve and learn another language another culture they are being assimilated and they are being uh used and as a people of god um they're just really wrestling god how could you allow this to happen where are your promises that you would always be with us where are your promises that you would bring us out of here in Isaiah chapter 40, something's shifting. The time is done and God's about to, to bring them back home. And he's making these calls of saying, comfort, comfort my people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore them. I'm going to bring them back home. But their hearts are not ready to hear. And as God is calling them to remove, they're like, oh, I'm not so sure. And they're grieving and they're moaning and they're saying, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten us. This is how God responds to those who are so despondent, so frustrated, so depressed. He uses the, the picture, the reality of a mother's love. And he says, can a mother forget the baby at her very breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? This is something that every person sees and, and, and notices and experiences. It's a, it's a universal one of a mother who so loves The child that she has given birth to, that painfully she has given birth to, and pours out her very life, her very body to to nurture and to, to feed and to care for this child. And so God says, Is it possible for a mother to actually abandon the very child she gave birth to and have no compassion on that child? Is it possible? And this is, the, this is the real sad answer It's found in this next verse, this is the next section. It is possible that even a mother who is so loving is still imperfect. That a child can go through trauma even though a mother is willing to give her very life for the child. And so he says, even if she would forget, even if she would abandon, I will not forget you. Well, My mom's a good mom. She loved me so well. And if I think about my experience of God's love, my first thought is the way my mom loved me. Thoughtfully, carefully, consistently. She never, ever gave up on me. But as most uh, immigrant children can attest to, uh, I I was abandoned at Kmart when I was six years old. They, they forgot me. <laughs> they, they were doing their thing, and I, I guess I wasn't following well enough. Next thing I know, I'm like, Mom, Dad. I don't quite remember this, but my parents, they, they remember this with a lot of pride. They're like, yeah, when you were six years old, you knew your name, your parents' name, your address, your, your home phone number. right? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Later on, I'm thinking... Wait a minute. that means you forgot me you abandoned me right when i became a parent I, I didn't let my kids out of my line of sight but i guess i hear other people's stories and it's not just asian americans all immigrant kids end up having this experience right we have to fend for ourselves we have to we have to learn that that uh, there are times when our parents are not there uh, and we we have a we have a we have an early experience of this but you know it's, it's okay because you know what even jesus's parents forgot him yeah you remember the story yeah, he's 12 years old, and the parents make their way, Though everybody makes their way to Jerusalem, and they leave. They don't even realize that he's not in the caravan. And he's there, you know, working away uh, with, the, with the teachers of the law and the scribes, and he's, he's actually, you know, in his quote-unquote father's house. They were days away before they figured out, where's Jesus? Right? So it happens. Even mothers who love their children so desperately, <laughs> they're not perfect. Human love, even a mother's love, sometimes is not perfect. Um, one of the most painful experiences of this is what some people are calling now forgotten baby syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. But uh, in fact, this is, getting, this is quite a common experience. Parents, even mothers, who are so busy carting their kids for, to, to daycare and other kinds of places, they forget their child is in the car on a hot day with the windows closed. Okay, we hear these stories, and have you ever heard those stories? It's just heartbreaking. And the first thought is, how could she? What kind of mother or what kind of person could leave and forget their baby in a car? Did you know that, in fact, on average, 37 children in the United States die of what they call vehicular um, heat stroke because they're left in the car? That's, that's a sizable sum. 37, and you would think these 37 must be the, the worst parents you could ever imagine. These people who, you know, either are high on drugs and left their kids that way, or so thoughtless, so careless, they should, you know, you would imagine, like they should, uh, they should be locked up forever. But when you do a study of these parents, it's actually not so much that they were horrible people, you know, you know delinquent parents. These are some of the most devoted, thoughtful, careful parents who dote and love their children. Yeah. Um, Fathers, mothers, grandparents, who just are so loving, find themselves in a situation where they just—they forgot, they left their their child. Um, It actually can happen to anyone. You would think this is low education, low, you know, not a very good family background, so on and so forth. No. Uh, Doctors, lawyers, professors, as well as blue-collar people, This happens across all spectrums. It's actually really shocking. Uh, I'm I'm spending a little time here because this could happen to anyone. As much as you love your baby, that in fact because of just, and this guy's name is David uh, Diamond, he describes a brain defect. This usually happens when you're stressed and fatigued, and there's a third category, that your daily routine that you're just kind of working through has shifted and you did not realize that your child was in your car. And this happens a lot. The, this guy started a campaign called Look Before You Lock. S- develop the pattern if you have a child in the car. Constantly, always to make sure before you lock the car and walk away that who's in, your, uh, in, in the back seat in the, in the car carrier. Um, some examples of what might help you to do this is uh, women actually take off their left shoe and put it in the back seat. You can't leave without your shoe. So it forces you to go ahead, and this is better than a purse because even a purse you might leave behind, but you you can't walk out without your shoe. Um, Make a habit of constantly checking back. Uh, If you have a daycare situation, uh, make sure the daycare calls you if you didn't drop off your child, just so that you know that there's other people helping you to keep accountable to make sure. Because if even those of us who are so attentive can actually fall into the situation. And I I, I spent a little time talking about this because this can happen to anybody. This is the frailty of even our human love. The feeling of abandonment is painful. Not just of a child who's left in a car, but someone who's been left. Someone who's been promised something. Somebody who's, who's experienced that kind of love, and now it's, it's departed. It's a, such a painful thing. Babies know this. Even my puppy knows this. This is Sabi right away. She's, uh, she's a little she's about four and a half months now. And... Um, we're, we're, we've, she loves her crate. She sleeps in it really, really well. But she knows when I step out. Okay? Because if she's sleeping in her crate, she's okay. But when I close up the crate and I walk out, uh, and she knows it. And she makes the most horrible sounds. It's actually really, really sad. Yeah. I have to close my ears because it's like, you know, it's really, really sad. It's almost like, how could you? Right? That's what it sounds like to me, right? Um, and that's why she was happy when I come back home. Because, oh, you didn't abandon me. But this experience of like having been left behind, having been abandoned, nobody cares. It is such a profound one. One that even politicians take advantage of. That basically they make these promises. You are not forgotten. And even these people who can't stand government and who have are so jaded, they get suckered. Because the feeling of abandonment, the feeling that that even your mom might not be there for you. It is a poignant one and a painful one. And it's true. We have, many of us have incredible mothers that we look back and say, they were just so incredibly sacrificial. They loved us so well. But some of us actually can remember and have, have, a, have a pain experience of our moms who were just imperfect and could not have been there for us. They were, they were bearing the, the, the brunt of their own brokenness and they could not mother us well. Or we are in that very same experience, wanting to give everything to our children and yet feeling and experiencing that we are not enough. This is the beauty of who God says he is. That even if a mother can forget, can abandon, can be imperfect, God says, I will never forget you. You are always on God's heart and mind. God's thoughts never depart from you. He says, see, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are ever before me, is a way of saying, Zion, his people are constantly on his minds. You know, if you see a, a new, new uh, parents who have their child for the first time, you actually get kind of like, because we were like this, I guess, uh, all you talk about is your child. You, you, you give everybody the daily poop report, right? Have you ever heard that before? This is how many times my, my child, you, you start counting diapers, you start telling people stuff that they just don't want to hear, because... All you're thinking about is your child. Everybody else is kind of like, especially people who don't have children, is like, oh my gosh, just give it a rest, right? Because they are so in love with this child. Yeah, well, that's kind of what God is saying. His thoughts revolve around us. His thoughts are constantly where we are. There's not one thing that goes through our minds that we experience emotionally, relationally, it is outside his care, outside his concern, outside his attention. And the way that he describes that is saying, this is not simply just for a short term that he could be this committed to you and then he just kind of fall away because he gets tired. But No, he's saying, I am so committed. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. There are a lot of interpretations of what this might mean. In fact, the pilgrims, as they were making their way to Jerusalem, to Zion, They would actually inscribe something on their hands as a way of saying, this is a testament of how devoted I am. When you do something in your hand, it is a description of absolute devotion. Slaves were often branded as a sign of I belong to my master. Look at my hand. This is a sign of that forever I love and I serve and I belong to my master. And this is a place in the scriptures where this is (laughs) just turned around. God, creator of heaven and earth, the one who is so powerful, so worthy, what does he say? I'm not going to inscribe something in your hands. I'm not going to brand you to serve me. I have placed an engravement on my own hand as a sign to say, this is how I am devoted to you. This is how much I love you. It makes a lot of sense in many ways as we reflect on Jesus' experience of suffering on the cross. In fact, we look back and realize his engraving of our names, of, of us on his hands, is described in, in his nail-pierced hands. That after he was resurrected and he, he, was, he was meeting up with his disciples, there was one disciple, Thomas, Who felt this incredible sense of abandonment. How could Jesus leave us? And all other people are are saying, we've met him. He's resurrected. I cannot believe. I cannot trust. I am jaded. I am hurt. God, I put everything uh, in the basket, all of my heart to Jesus, and, and he died. So when Jesus comes to see him, what does Jesus tell him? Come, Thomas, put your fingers Into my hands. The resurrected Jesus bears this forever and ever. When we see Jesus face to face, we're going to see his hands forever, indelibly marked as a sign of how committed he is to us. We realize that one of the reasons why we will never be forsaken, even though we deserve it, it's because Jesus went through the experience of the ultimate forsaking. He cried out, Psalm 22, my God, my God, how could you? Why have you abandoned me? He felt the full force of it. And now we get to feel the full force of God's covenant, unbreaking, unconditional love. So much more than even a mother's love. So much richer, fuller than a mother's love. He makes these promises again and again. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. have you bow your heads with me as we begin to pray.